0: The second Sunday of a brand new year and the second Sunday of a brand new decade. And I'm just curious, how many of you, as we think about a new year, how many of you make New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. Okay, a few people, not very committed, but a few people. How many of you, your resolution is to never make a New Year's resolution? How many of you? Y'all are always more committed. Y'all are always like, yes, that's me. I think it's because some of you made a New Year's resolution and we're a few days in and you already blew it, so you're like, no, I don't do that. I'm, I'm not about that. But one of the things I know about the new year that's true, and you know it's true, there are basically two different kinds of people rolling into this year. In simple terms, there are dreamers, people that always have big dreams, that shoot for the stars, and that's kind of how they function, and then there are realists, people that sort of live in reality. And what happens to dreamers and realists, they get married. And it can create some tension and some conflict. Because dreamers at the beginning of a year, especially the beginning of a decade, they say things like, I'm gonna do blank this year. And they get really excited about the, I'm gonna do this, and it's always big, and it's always huge, and often there's a list. And to that, the realist says, you said that last year. And you said that the year before, and you said it last week. You always say these things, but you never do it. It's just the conflict between dreamers and realist, and it's, it's not good or bad, it's just reality. Dreamers love the word wow, realists often say how. Dreamers love wow, and they think big, and realists focus on how. Now, If you're a realist, we need you, you're important, we need people that think in different ways, we need people that ask questions and push back, but if you're not careful, how will kill wow every time. How can lead to the premature death of wow. Sometimes it's okay to just celebrate and live in wow for a minute. It's going to be all right. Doesn't mean we're necessarily going to do it. Just process what would it look like? What could it feel like? What what could it be? But for dreamers and realists, there's a word that I want us to sort of focus on early in the year and kind of think about and filter everything we're going to talk about through and the word is possibility. 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 Think about the possibility, the, the brand new year ushers in the opportunity for possibility. And depending on your personality, some of you are like, well, it can, it can possibly get worse. I can possibly lose my job or I can possibly have struggles financially. I, I could possibly, the relationship might end. I get it, but for a moment, I want you to think about the things that could happen that you feel like would be beneficial, Possibility. Because possibility fuels the potential for a better life. Nobody ever achieved a better life. Nobody ever got a better career. Nobody ever enhanced their financial life. Nobody ever improved their relationship without their first being the thought of a possibility. Big things are born in small moments. We call them thoughts. And possibility fuels the potential for a better future. Possibility is what fuels the potential for a better you and a better me. I, I want to introduce you to a couple of people that have changed your life. Y- you don't know them personally, but directly or indirectly, they've changed your life. It's these guys, the-, the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers came up with the concept of flight, but what's interesting is they had no experience whatsoever. They owned a bicycle shop, and their hobby, their hobby was to... Watch birds and draw them. Feels insanely boring to me, but that's what they enjoyed doing. And one day, one of them said to the other one, hey, I I think there's some principles here as we're drawing these birds that we might could lay over on something else and and create something where people could fly. You know what's fascinating to me? They did it with no experience for less than $1,000. The United States government had hired someone before that Mr. Langley, and paid him $70,000 to try to figure out how we could fly, and he couldn't figure it out. So Possibility really has nothing to do with with your financial resources. It has nothing to do with a background of experience. It has to do with a dream that you're willing to chase and pursue. In fact, it's more than a dream. Really, it's a calling. Now, the realist, there's a danger for you. If you're a realist, you need to try to avoid becoming a pessimist. The trip from being a realist to a pessimist is not to another city, it's across the street or next door. It is a quick trip. You have to be careful if you're a realist not to, not to develop the patterns of thinking in the negative and always looking at the downside and always being the one that's going to push back too hard. You, you have to be careful in how you process that. I wonder how many people in the Wright Brothers family were realists that became pessimists. So The danger is you don't want to develop that pattern in your life, as we go into a brand-new year. How you think, how I think matters. Because the story we repeat becomes the life we live. If you tell yourself you're always going to have a bad marriage, you will. If you tell yourself you'll you'll never be healthy financially, that'll come true. If you tell yourself you're just not a good parent, that's going to be the life you live. And, And so some of you, You've repeated a story, and the biggest story you tell is the one you tell yourself. So you say things like, I'm terrible with directions, or I'm not a morning person, or I'm always late. And all those things are true because it's the story you tell yourself over and over again, and you have learned to believe you. You have great credibility with you, but you have also lost credibility with you. So the realist, you need to avoid becoming a pessimist. Dreamers, you need to have a plan. Like we, we get that your dream's big. We get that you want to shoot for the stars and chase something bigger than life. But we've heard this before. So you need to have a plan. You, you need to have some way that you're going to achieve what you say you're going to do rather than just say you're go, saying you're going to do it. I understand that there are people that say, oh, you just need to say it. Or in church world, you just need to claim it. That, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to have a plan. Dreams are not going to be implemented because they're contagious and someone else was successful, so you will be. You have to have a plan for you. So, what does that mean? Whether you're a dreamer or a realist, I I want you to think about the possibilities of a brand new year, the possibilities of a brand new decade for you. What are the possibilities? And then I think it's important that we understand if you don't think it's possible, you are correct. If you don't think this year will be better for you, you're correct. If you don't think you can discover a way to help the child that you pray for, that you're trying to figure out what to do to help them, if you get to the point where you don't think it's possible, you're correct because you give up. You stop pursuing, you stop trying. So how we think matters. The Wright brothers, it's interesting, a book was written about them, and in the book it says this, quote, in no way did any of this discourage or deter Wilbur or, or- and Orville Wright any more than the fact that they had no college education, no formal technical training, no experience working with anyone other than themselves, no friends in high places, no financial backers, no government subsidies, and little money of their own, are the entirely real possibility that at some point they could be killed. Nothing deterred them. Because it was, it was bigger than just a dream, and they had the realist, they had to think of the how to implement what they were going to accomplish, but it went beyond just the dream and just reality. It went to the possibility, which has to do with your calling. It has to do what God created you to do. And so, If you're here this morning at the beginning of a year, the beginning of a decade, and, and you manage or own a business, you lead people, you lead teams of people day by day in what you do, I want to encourage you this year to approach that through the idea of possibility. Own a space in the land of possibility, lease a space in the land of reality. It's not that you deny reality, there are realities that are simply true. The financial pie is only so big. The opportunities are going to be limited at certain points. Who you have working for you, what it looks like right now. You you are not now who you will be two years or five years from now, neither is the business. But what if we began to to change this because what we tend to do is live in reality and dream about possibility but never implement it because we're so busy living in reality. What if we decided we're going to live in the land of possibility, we're going to vacation in the land of reality? How would it change your approach, my approach, to the issues and choices we're going to face this year? So I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question that it is impossible for me to exaggerate the importance of the question. I I, I cannot overemphasize the importance of the question. That's impossible. It's that big of a question because... If you answer this question and then you hang on to the answer of the question and you process that answer throughout this year, when you stand at December 31st this year, your life is going to have changed and be benefited in so many ways. But let me ask you another question first. Here's here's the first question. A question you need to ask yourself, what do I think is possible for me in the new year? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what do I think is possible for me in the new year? Now, I'm, I'm not talking about... Uh, something that can't be reality. If you're four foot nothing playing in the NBA, NBA it's probably not going to happen. So I, I'm not talking about stuff, that, oh, I, I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to do that. No, you're, you're, you're probably not. I'm talking about what are the things within the realm of what, how God has gifted you that could be possible in your life this year. If you're married, is it possible your marriage could improve no matter what state it's in right now? If you're a parent, is it possible you could become more consistent? Which, by the way, the key to healthy parenting is consistency, and it's also the hardest thing. If you're a parent, could you be more consistent this year? Is that that possible? If if you're in school, could you make better grades this semester than you did last semester? Is that possible? What are the things, what do I think is possible for me in the new year? You know why that's important? It's important because winners and losers have the same goals. Think about it. Winners and losers have the same goals. Yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens stepped on the field with the Tennessee Titans, and they both had the same goal, but somebody won and somebody lost. I'm, I'm not talking about the Eagles game, because we all knew they'd lose that. I'm talking about the Ravens and the Titans, Titans because we, we thought the Ravens would win, but the Titans somehow pulled it off. They both had the same goal, so what did they do? Now, listen, I'm not down on goals. I think goals are important. I believe ambition is important. I I like people that have a little bit of fire under them and and they're shooting for something. But one of the things I'm learning in life is a goal is important, but it's not the most important. The power is not in the goal. The power is in the system implemented to achieve the goal. The problem with goals is we, we set goals and when we hit them, we're happy for a moment. But isn't it true that most of our goals we never achieve? So we rarely feel happiness, and when we do feel happiness, it's just for a moment because what do you do once you've achieved the goal? You set a new goal, and you're not happy again until you achieve that goal or you accomplish that thing you set out to accomplish. But, but what if we could learn to celebrate and embrace and enjoy the system we're implementing to try to achieve the goal? Because when you focus on the process and not the goal, you'll achieve the goal more often because you've implemented a healthy system, but you'll learn to celebrate and be happy as you walk in the process, and that lasts much longer than the few moments after achieving a goal. In a book that I'm reading, I've I've read, I'm taking our team through right now. In fact, I recommend this book. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read. It's a book called Atomic Habits. It's by a guy named James Clear, and he talks about this lady who lost over 100 pounds. Some of you, we went into the new year, and you decided, this is the year. I'm going to get in shape. You do know you already have a shape, right? <laughs> I'm going to get it. I want a different shape. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to gonna try to improve my fitness. And we're a few days in, and you're, you're struggling. You're wrestling with that. You set a goal. I'm going to lose X number of pounds by this date. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you do like, we, we Don't elbow him, ma'am? It's okay. We, we've done that. This one lady lost over 100 pounds. You know how she did it? She did it by asking a question throughout the day. What would a healthy person do in this scenario? When you're ordering lunch, what would a healthy person do? When you're having a snack, what would a healthy person do? When you look at your gym membership, what would a healthy person do? They'd get in the car and go. You, you think it's good just to have the car, oh, I belong to the gym, I, I have a membership at the gym. Like a lot of people at church, you have membership at church, you just never show up. I mean, that, that's not real helpful. It's not really going to do anything to grow and improve your life. The power is in the system implemented to achieve the goal because you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. It doesn't matter what your goal is. What is the system to get there? And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are thinking, maybe you're here the first time or you've come a couple times, you're thinking, I thought I was coming to church and he hasn't even talked about the Bible. Like, I, I, I came to hear the word of God. I came to hear the Bible. What is, is this just a motivational? No, no, no. We're going to get there. We're, we're going to get there. I'm just taking my time because some of you are a little slow in what we're talking about today, so I'm trying to build a case to help you get there with us. We're going to get to the Bible because ultimately, Scripture is our final authority. It's our full authority, and everything I'm talking about is based in it, and I'm going to show you that in just a minute, so just hang with me for a second. What would happen if you started acting like the person you would like to be? Because every action we take is a vote for the person we're becoming, and today matters. Do you ever get in the trap of thinking, well, man, when it's you hit Thanksgiving, and you're like, you know what? There's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas. I'm going to eat whatever I want. But when January comes, I'm getting to the gym. I, I go to the gym almost every morning. And you know what I've noticed? January is crazy crowded. February, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You just have to work through January. You have to wait a little bit on machines through January. By February, you're great. Because we're setting goals, but we're not implementing systems. And the systems we implement, we're not doing with, through, through reality. Your health... It's not going to be returned to you. Your, your fitness track, it's not Amazon Prime. It's not here in two days. It's going to take a little bit of a journey. You didn't get here in two days, you're not getting out in two days. And so you've got to work the system. I, I, that was pretty good. <laughs> that just popped in my head. Yes. You've got you've to work the system because every action we take is a vote for the person you're becoming. So when you get angry at home, how you respond, you're voting for who you're becoming. When you look at your bank account and what you want to buy online, you're voting on who you're becoming based on whether you can really afford it or not. How you treat people that can do nothing for you, you're voting on who you're becoming. So it's the question, what what do I think God is possible, what do I think is possible for me this year, in this new year? But there's a better question, and it's a bigger question, and it's one that we don't often think about, and it's this, what does God think is possible for me in the new year? Have you ever thought about that? Not, not just what do I want to achieve this year, but as we think about the art of the start and how we start this year and how, we, how we're beginning, we're beginning a brand new decade. We only get to do that a few times in life. So what if we went beyond what I think is possible and we asked, what does God think is possible for me in the new year? And the amazing thing about this is God tells us. He tells us. He tells us exactly what he believes is possible for every single one of us in the new year. This is what he tells us is possible. Notice this. There's love, there's joy, there's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're going to look at the verse in a moment, but God says, all of this is possible if you're a follower of Christ. So I have a question. A couple of years ago, I started picking a word for the year, a word that I was gonna focus on, a word that, an area of life that I wanted to grow in, that I wanted to become uh, better at. And so I've had some different words over the last couple years, but this year I wanted to pick one of these words. Because scripture tells us, we'll look at it in a second, that these words, all of this is possible for every single Christ follower. These are areas that God knows I, I can improve, I can grow, I can become better this year. These are things that God wants for me. So I have a question for you. What would happen if you looked at 2020 and you decided to pick a word? Which one of these words would you pick? Some of you, you know immediately. You look at this list and you think, man, my my temper, it's driving away the people that I love. Have you ever considered what it's like to be on the other side of you? And you've convinced yourself because it's been so long and you think in a certain pattern and you've learned to think the same way over and over again and you've become so reactionary and you've decided because the story you tell yourself is that's just me. It's what I was taught by my parents or it's how I process things early. And you've told yourself this story over and over again and the story you told yourself is the life you now live. But God says it's possible for you to have self-control. What if that's really possible? It's important because people leave people they love all the time because they just can't stand being around them anymore. Or what if, what if you struggle with discouragement? What if as you look at your life, it looks nothing like what you thought it would look like 10 years ago? The life you're living now is so different than what you thought it would be, And so there's some discouragement, or maybe you deal with, with some depression from time to time. What if joy and peace are actually possible? What if all of this is there for you and for me? Paul is writing to the church in Galatians, and he writes in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit Now, those, those first few words are very important, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. This is the natural fruit of the Spirit. Scripture tells us that we're to abide in Christ and Christ will abide in us. We're to spend time investing in, in our lives spiritually. and we, we think about our health, which is important. We think about our financial life, which is important. We think about our relationships, which are important, but, but nothing is more important than your spiritual growth and than my spiritual growth, because as my spiritual growth goes, so goes the rest of my life. And This passage tells me, but the fruit of the Spirit, what does that mean? It means that every single person that's a follower of Christ has the Spirit of God living inside us. That means that The fruit of the Spirit living inside me is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of this is fully available to you and to me. All of it. So as you look at those words, is there a word? Is there one that you know, that's an area that I need to grow? Now, some of you, you're not sure. So how do you find out what your word is for 2020? What, What do you do about this? Ask your spouse. Ask your spouse. And by the way, spouses, just one. Remember, I said choose one? Just one. Just one. (laughs) Ask your spouse. Or ask close friends. People that know you well. If you were to say to them, hey, when it it comes to these nine attributes, is there one that you feel like I I should work on? Ask your kids. Ask your kids. That's not even written in the list. It just came. Ask your kids. What if you ask God? What would God say? Hey, here's an area. Can you you imagine how tragic it would be when you think about which one? Can you imagine how tragic it would be to have all of this available and live your entire life missing it? All of this fully available, the fruit of the Spirit, God in your life. See, we, we focus so often on, man, I... I want to commit my life to Jesus, because after this life, I don't want to go to hell. If that's real, I'm not sure, I don't know, but if it is, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven, but I want to be in charge of me, and isn't that your problem? You need a new coach. You you need somebody else directing and guiding your life other than you. I needed a new coach. I'm not good enough, wise enough to guide me. There comes a time, and you don't have to wait freaking forever like Jerry Jones. You can make the decision today. I'm getting a new coach. I'm changing this thing. Which one? Which one's it going to be? Because all of this is available. Yes, as Christ followers, we're going to experience heaven after this life. But what if your life, what if you could experience a little more heaven in these areas in your life? Now, you may be here this morning and you may may say, man, I'm not even a Christ follower. I don't even really believe in God. If you're here and that's how you think, I want you to know a couple things. Number one, we're glad you're here you're welcome here. We want you to understand that. Number two, the fact if you don't believe in God or you're not sure you believe in God, but you still came to a church, you know what it says about you? It says you're open-minded. It says you're willing to consider and process and think through some things. So Because you're open-minded, I want you to consider, I want to encourage you to consider in an open-minded way what I'm about to say because You've been told, maybe by a relative or maybe just in life by friends, or maybe you used to go to church when you were younger, you've been told, believe in God, believe in God, believe in God. Have you ever considered, have you ever been told that God actually believes in you? Have you ever processed that? And did you know, whether you're a Christ follower or not, all of these things, Galatians 5, God actually thinks it's possible for you to live this way. God actually thinks it's possible for these qualities to be in your life. You may not believe it's possible, but God himself believes it's possible because he says the fruit of the Spirit is all these nine attributes, and he does not say except for these kinds of people, and except for people that have done these kinds of things, and except for people that think in these He doesn't say that. He said, if you're a Christ follower, the Spirit of God is living inside you. All of this is available to you. If you're not a Christ follower, if you choose to commit your life to Christ, all of that is instantaneously available to you. Now, as you think about those nine, you might be thinking, are are you doing this? Are you, pastor, are are you picking a word? And of course I am. I wouldn't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. And so I want to be a little bit vulnerable and tell you what the word is for me for 2020, the word that I'm going to be processing on a regular basis. Before I tell you that, I'm at the place where this year, 2020, I will turn 50 years old this year. I know it it shocks me too. I know you're blown away. Now, here's what I can tell you. Being this age, there's something inside me. A lot of people, as they get older, they kind of start slowing down and becoming more calm. I don't know calm. Calm is foreign to me. I don't understand calm. There's a greater sense of urgency in my life. There's a greater drive in my life. I want to see God do more things. Like I'm chasing harder and trying to go further, faster. There's no calm, but there is some difference with turning 50. If you've never experienced it, it's going to happen in about five minutes for you. It doesn't take long to get there. When I turned 30... That wasn't that big a deal because because turning 30, if you double that, that's 60, and I'm probably going to make 60. When I turned 40, double that, it's 80. I've got a good shot at making 80. But when you're turning 50, if you double that, you sense that life is passing quickly. And so what I'm encouraging you to do this morning, one of the regrets I have in my life, I I meet people all the time and say, I don't have any regrets. That's a lie. Every single person has regrets unless you live in a delusional way where you don't recognize how what's broken in your life has hurt the people that love you the most. One of the regrets I have is that I didn't start what I'm encouraging you to do when I was much younger. The word for me this year, is faithfulness. it's faithfulness, faithfulness, and that, that word's not there because I've been unfaithful to my wife or I've been It's not there because of that, that word I've been talking with God about this for a couple of weeks now, and I want to be more faithful in the way I love my bride and kids with my responses to things. I want to be more faithful in how I handle the resources God's given me on earth, and I want to figure out how I can be even more generous and be faithful to him because of how he's blessed me. I want to be more faithful to him. And, and, and how I love you and pastor you, I, I, I want to be more faithful in loving people I don't like. I want to grow in that faithfulness. And so I determined that this year, I'm turning 50 this year, I, I, I determined this year I want to read through the entire Bible twice. I've never done that before. And, and, and I, I'm not bragging, and let, let me make sure you understand I'm not bragging, even though I'm going to read through the entire Bible twice this year, and I don't just have a goal, I have a system and a plan that I'm using to do that. Uh, even though I'm going to do that, I still mess up every day. I still sin. I'm just like you. I'm just a guy. I mess up all the time. But here's what I can tell you. Because I went beyond a goal to implement a plan. In that plan, I'm spending time with God each morning and each evening. It takes about 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. And we're only a few days into the new year. And there is a deeper hunger in my life for the word of God than I've ever experienced. I had no idea that was going to happen this quickly. So I can only imagine when I get to December 31st, man, what is faithfulness going to look like in my life? So, so what's your word? What does God think is possible for you in the new year? If God's writing your story, and how could God blow your mind if this morning is not just a moment that passes with a mmm, but if this morning creates a momentum in your life, a moment that creates momentum. Towards something God wanted to show you because you're not here by accident, and God He doesn't even have to take attendance. He knew you'd be here before you came this morning, and He knew what you would hear. So, what is the Spirit of God trying to say to your life? What is your word? What does God think is possible for you in a new year? So I want to give you an assignment. Now you can choose whether or not to do this assignment, it's up to you. If you don't do this, you miss out. And the people you love miss out. You know why? Every single person close to you, those nine attributes, every single person close to you, they want those things in your life because it would benefit you and it would benefit them. Hey, mom and dad, your kids want you to grow in those nine areas. Students, your parents want you to grow in those nine areas because they know the pain that you'll be able to avoid if you do that. Husbands and wives, every husband wants his bride to grow in those nine areas. Every bride wants her husband to grow in those nine areas. So you have an opportunity at the beginning, not just a year, but at the beginning of a new decade to set a pace. And it won't happen just because you say, all right, I got a goal, I'm going to do it. You have to put a system in place. So what's the system? The system is three things. Choose one, come back next Sunday, and get in a group. Choose a word, and maybe that's something you want to ask a spouse or a- ask your kids or friends or ask God. You don't have to choose one today if it's not obvious to you. Some of you, it's like, that's, that's my word, that, that's my word, that's my word. Some of you don't want to wait till tomorrow. Your word's patience. <laughs> you need to be more patient. But what is, your, what is your word? And then the second thing is come back next Sunday. How could this year, how could this decade, be better than the last? Could one of the ways be to spend 60 minutes a week hearing from God, worshiping God, connecting with God, growing spiritually, how would that impact that 60 minutes? How would that impact the other ten thousand twenty minutes of your week? Because here's the reality. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So what would your marriage, your relationships, your parenting, your career, your finances, your health, what would it look like if you expose yourself 60 minutes a week to what God wants to do in your life? Just imagine when you get to December 31st, there won't be an ounce of you, I promise you, that thinks that you regretted time connecting with God each week. And then get in a group. You you heard us earlier talk about community groups. You grow more in circles than you do in rows. Here, I'm sharing information, and there's a dynamic where the Holy Spirit of God uses it in your life and your life and your life, and God does that. But when you get in a circle of people that love Jesus and love you and will pray for you, and if you think, I don't have time for that, I, I, I can't afford the time that's going to take, you're the exact person that can't afford not to. People that go to groups don't do that because they have nothing else to do. We've never had anybody call or email us and say, hey, I'm so bored. I wake up. There's nothing I have going on. Is there a group I can go to? I've got nothing to do. What if you made an investment in you this year and you allowed God to make an investment of you and you showed up once a week here and you got in a group and you chose one of these words and you said, yeah, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to pray about that each day. Maybe you get the U version app. Version is an incredible app, if you haven't heard of it, Y-O-U-Version, one word. It's a Bible app, has all different translations, but you can also search Bible reading plans. The plan I'm doing is is reading through the Bible in a year. I'm just doubling up and doing it morning and night, so I hit it twice. But it's a great app. Maybe you want to go in there. You can search for a plan on faithfulness. You can search for a plan on patience. You, You can search for a plan on the peace of God. And maybe you spend some time focusing on that for you. Because our choices determine the difference between who we are and who we could be. Who could you be on December 31st of this year if you do this? And who could you be in a decade? There are nine attributes. If you do one of those words a year for nine years, and then the one you struggle with the most, you hit it again that 10th year. How would your life, what level of peace would you have? What kind of joy would you experience? What kind of faithfulness would be in your life at a greater level that it's contagious to the people who love you the most? How would your patience improve? What would happen in your life if you do this? Because it is not enough to have a goal. Winners and losers have the same goals. What are you going to do with it? You're going to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week doing something. Why not spend a few moments of each week doing something that God uses in your life that benefits you? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for the reality of your love for every single person in this room. And Father, I pray that as we roll through this week, you would help us to determine what, which one, what, what's our word. Father, I pray you'd remind us. Think about that and process that to talk to you about it. Father, I pray for incredible spiritual growth among the Christ followers that are part of C3. I can't wait to see what you're going to do over this next year in people's lives and in families and students and parents and individuals. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and you know that the greatest need of your life is to commit your life to Christ. Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is. And you don't have the fruit of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit of God living inside you. So while all of this is available, it's not automatic. And maybe this morning you know that, and you know, man, at at the beginning of this new year and this new decade, I, I need to commit my life to Christ. Yes, I want to experience the forgiveness of God, I want to experience the cleansing of God, but I want the Spirit of God inside me help me personally grow in these important areas. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to invite you to prayer a simple prayer. If you'd like to commit your life to Christ, you can pray it out loud or you can pray it in the quietness of your heart. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus knows even our thoughts. So, If you'd like to commit your life to Christ today, just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life Please forgive my sin and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.